Hello and welcome to Fast Charge, the weekly smartphone podcast from TechAdvisor, usually brought to you live from our living rooms, though today I'm afraid we are pre-recording, uh, which is entirely my fault. I have a train to catch right when we would be doing the live show. Um, but we are here mere hours before when we would be recording it, and I... I mean, inevitably, something massive breaks in the next four hours and oh, we yeah. look like yeah. total chumps <laughs> for not discussing it or, you know, saying something directly contradicted by new facts that emerged today. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, I am joined, as always, by Lewis and Toddy. Hello. How are Ooh. you both doing? Good. Thank you very much. It's sunny. Yeah. So way better than normal. Exactly. <laughs> it is yeah. sunny. Love and sunshine nice. makes it all better, doesn't it? Every sunshine <laughs> in the later nights fixes yeah. everything. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, we are. We are all in. Lo- in well, we're all, we're all around London. In uh, what's been a weird week of pleasant weather, mm. which is, I would say, an anomaly for London <laughs> in the spring. Characteristically, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very nice. I was a bit worried, so I, the, my train later is on going to Amsterdam for the weekend. And when I was looking at the forecast before, London was going to have a blinder, and Amsterdam was going to be a little bit worse. Good. Ah. And. It looks better now. Amsterdam now looks like it will... But it's still actually going to be a little bit cooler than London is, which feels perverse to me. I thought I was going to go for a weekend and get better weather. And actually, I'm, I'm going to be a few degrees cooler than I would be if I just stayed at home, which is a bit annoying. I can relate to that because I'm going to the coast of the weekend. And I expected nice sunshine and hot weather as well. But yeah, it seems that London has the best weather. Oh, oh, so even, the even within the UK. Yeah, ah. it goes down to about 13 degrees. And I'm like, no, this isn't what I was promised. <laughs> oh, I'm away for the no, weekend no, no, too, no, but no. I haven't bothered looking. I was just like, I'll assume it'll be like this. <laughs> We've, we all got on this wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> Okay, uh, let's get to what we're actually going to talk about. So, three big topics today. The first one, we obviously have to talk about the Nothing Phone 1. Um, as I, I mean, I have to make the joke, we always make it, there's nothing to say. Um, the Nothing Phone 1 has been announced. We know that Nothing are working on one, but we don't actually have that much more info than that. But we will talk about what we do know. We are also going to talk about the Realme GT Neo 3, which has had its official launch in China. And Realme promises it will be launching internationally. So, we'll, we'll talk through what we know about that. That phone and then finally we're going to turn to the ipad air and the iphone se uh, because lewis and i have both been playing around those, with those respectively and have our thoughts i don't think either of us are quite at full review stage but we're going to give our impressions and uh, then we can finally move on from me ragging on the iphone se every week <laughs> before that uh let's go through some other bits and pieces oneplus has finally announced when it's launching the 10 Pro worldwide. It has really dragged its feet on this one. It's been about three months since the Chinese launch. But the company has confirmed that next Thursday, the 31st of March, it will be unveiling the OnePlus 10 Pro to the Western world. Um, I mean, it's going to be an interesting one, given we already know absolutely everything about the phone (laughs) and all they can tell us is the price. But I'm sure they'll still take about 45 minutes to get around to doing it. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it will be coming to Europe, North America, and India. And I, I can, I think we're allowed to reveal, Toddy has one. If you're on the YouTube, you may see a box. Um, wow. We're not actually allowed to show you the phone that we have, even though you could just go and look at pictures or videos of the phone elsewhere from so the weird. Chinese units. Yeah. Uh, but so I say, we do have a phone. It did come with the box. Uh, and we will be able to talk about it more fully next week after the launch. They've timed it perfectly for a couple of hours before next week's show. So we will have a full OnePlus 10 Pro review next week to go along with all of the global launch details. Uh, what else? Next week, we also have another launch. So I'm sure we'll be talking about the 
Black Shark 5 has now been confirmed to get a Chinese launch on the 30th of March. So that's the day before OnePlus. Um, so that is the next gen of Xiaomi's gaming series. Um, this is the one, Lewis, you, you looked at one of the fours recently, and that was the yeah. one where they took like the best part of a year to launch it in the West. And so it came out with slightly old oh, specs by the time it did, right? Yeah, yeah. It's um, It came out, so it was announced in March, I think it was March 2021, and mm. yeah, it came out here about a month ago. So, 11 months nice. old tech. In yeah, a gaming let's hope for a faster to... turnaround on yeah, the 5. I'm hoping, yeah, I think, I'm, I'm hoping that they're going to skip the 4S, because they've still got the 4S to get out internationally. Oh god, yeah, no, let's, <laughs> let's just leave that one, we'll take a 5, that'll be better. Uh, yeah, so we're getting a Chinese launch next week, and then we'll find out what that is, and, and whether they have any plans to, to bring it to the rest of the world. Um, Honor is also launching some stuff. They announced just this week that the Honor X8 is launching in Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. It's one of Honor's cheap phones. Um, this is mostly interesting because it is the first budget phone they've given a global launch to since they went independent. They've really focused on the kind of upper mid-range and flagships in terms of their global models, whereas this is a phone that is around 220 euros um, in terms of price getting a, not quite a global launch, but an international launch. It's a good sign that Honor is is ready to expand its lineup internationally, which is a, a good sign for them. They actually also have a launch event next week, the 29th of March. So that's the day before the Xiaomi one. Um, that's a global launch event, not a Chinese one. We don't really know what they're going to be revealing there. Um, they say new products. I, I'm expecting it's just going to be a handful of global releases for things that have already come out in China, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, what else? A couple bits of Samsung news. So first up, it emerged uh, this week through a report from Galaxy Club that Samsung may be working on a third foldable for this year's launch alongside the Flip and Fold 4s. Uh, they found code names, uh, they sort of lettered code names, and they found the ones that corresponded to last year's Flip and Fold, but also a third one, which I think was N is the letter. Um, we're not entirely sure what that will be. There's been reports of a sort of tablet-sized foldable something larger. Um, we've seen all sorts of reports of sort of rollable things, trifold things. Samsung has shown off lots of concept devices of all sorts of different folding and rolling configurations. Uh, so I, I think it's a bit unclear which one we're going to be getting. My my bet will be it will be something like a fold tab, though whether they'll call it that or something else, I don't know. But uh, an even bigger one that's more a folding tablet rather than a phone and uh, with stylus support and that sort of thing. That's what I would expect, but we'll see. Yeah. They've already shown off something like it. Tab fold sounds cool. Yeah. Yep. And then the last bit, I just figured we should address since we talked about it last week. The Galaxy A73 um, did launch. And we spoke about this on the show last week when, when Samsung made a big fuss of the A53 and the 33 and then kind of quietly made mention of the 73 with one line in a press release. We couldn't find any info about the phone and we weren't even sure if it was there by mistake. Um they have launched the phone, or it's going to go on sale in select markets next month. But you know there are specs out there; it is official. It's still really unclear why they've just quietly mentioned it to <laughs> some in some country, and you know not really given it any real attention. Um, it looks pretty similar to the fifty-three. Uh, the main difference is it jumps to a hundred and eight megapixel main camera, um, which is also a jump up from what last year seventy-two had. One funny thing is that A72 has a telephoto and there is no telephoto on the A73. So it's in some ways a little bit of a downgrade from last year's model maybe. I feel like this makes sense. I think it's probably them positioning it as a 
slightly upgraded version of the A53, bringing it closer to those and further down away from, say, the S21 FE Fair. in terms of their lineup. Because I, I always thought the A70s were always a bit too close yeah. to the flagships in terms of their pricing and the specs and they gave There was gave one them. year, at least one year, where they did like the A90 something. A90, the A95G yeah, as well, yeah. when 5G was still pretty like new. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was right up in the flagship price, yeah, even though expensive. they branded it like a mid-ranger. Very strange. Um, but yeah, so we're still not really sure where the A73 is coming out. Samsung just says select markets from April 22nd. I would hazard a guess the way they've announced this means it's really only coming out in a couple of countries. And, you know, maybe it'll be in India or, or Malaysia or, or somewhere, or maybe one or two European markets. I don't know. But I suspect this isn't getting a wider release mm. because otherwise they would have made more of a fuss about it. Yeah. Right. It was the most mm. footnotey footnote of a footnote initially. It's so strange. <laughs> yeah, very, very odd. But it is real. It is on the way. Okay, let's talk about nothing. Um, Carl Pay held the first uh, sort of a roadmap event for nothing, where they were supposed to confirm their product roadmap for the year, along with some investor discussion. Uh, what it really ended up being was them talking about the phone that we all kind of knew they were making, the worst kept secret in, in the tech industry. Uh, what surprised me is actually this wasn't really a product roadmap event at all because we didn't get any other product roadmap. <laughs> I assume they are launching other things, but they didn't give us a roadmap of all the things they're going to launch, which is what a product roadmap is. I emailed the PRs said afterwards. one product they're going to launch. Yeah, I emailed the PRs afterwards being like, there was mention of a roadmap at some point, and I don't feel like we got that in the event. So do you have any more information about what that might mean or look like? It's especially odd because we'll, we'll get to this, but a big thing of what they... Carl wanted to talk about was like ecosystem and that being a big part of their strength. But that only works if you have other products. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and without even announcing anything else they're planning to make, you know, not even confirming a second gen of the headphones or anything like that. It's a little hard to uh, to take that at face value. But anyway, so nothing is going to make a phone. Uh, to no one's surprise, it will be called the Nothing Phone One with the one in brackets. And technically uh, a lowercase like P on the one. phone. Yeah, but we all ignore that. Yeah, That's no one, fine. No one write that um, the Nothing Phone one is going to launch summer 2022. And I think in terms of the hardware... That's all we know, right? There's nothing else. We know that they confirm anything. Yeah, that we know that Qualcomm is a partner of theirs, and yes. Snap. They they are confirmed to be supplying them with Snapdragon products. Okay, which... so we know it's a Snapdragon. Oh, but they didn't specifically say that for the phone. But I think we can safely say yeah. it's a Snapdragon phone. They, yeah, they flashed but officially. Up, that's not a hundred percent. Yeah, during the presentation, they flashed up a screen with all their Harbor partners, and so Qualcomm was on there. Harbor and software. Google was on there. Um, mm -hmm. Visionox which does displays, and Sony, right, yep. which obviously in this context is probably the camera sensor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Samsung, I'm curious as to what that means then, if it isn't displays, unless both VisionOx and Samsung are display suppliers. Um, yeah, I don't know what else Samsung yeah, might be providing. True. I don't know what other bits. Yeah, unless some of the sensors on the cameras are ISO cell sensors from Samsung. Oh, that's true. It could be a secondary mix of ISO or, cell yeah, and, exactly. and Sony. Yeah. So yeah, so we know a little bit, but it's all again kind of like we're just trying to piece bits together from what they showed off, yep. which wasn't a lot. And then we've got this kind of stick drawing illustration <laughs> of what could be the back of a phone. That yeah. people then there's there's a C, which people probably mean it has a camera, yeah. which isn't shocking. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a kind of circular bit in the middle. A lot of people have taken that to mean wireless charging coil, which I guess it could be. Those are also round. 
So yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a slash, and I don't know what that means. The slash is the one that's getting me confused. Like everything else, makes and what there's sense. like an exclamation mark at the bottom yeah. or something as well, or yeah, or an eye, an eye upside down eye. Yeah. So I did try typing in nothing dot tech forward slash CGI just to see. Uh huh. Nothing happened. <laughs> Worth a yeah, shot. Uh, a... So we don't <laughs> know a lot about the hardware side. I think it's no. fair to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit um, of a mystery. But... I think I've seen piecing together from sort of uh, a couple of the interviews Carl did with, with a few publications. I think Wired had a line about it being a, a flagship rival with budget at a budget price or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's... it sounds familiar. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much of yes. this sounds so familiar. I feel like this might be his mo now is just like he likes to exist in that space where the the startup underdog narrative is at play and fans get on board because you don't get fans in the same way when you're like a big company like apple or something yes you have fans obviously but they the the relationship is very different and and a lot more passive and i think maybe there's something about having that high energy fandom that maybe he mm. likes, and that's why he's basically carrying across stuff that we've seen him do before to nothing with yeah, his I phone mean, launch. The marketing stuff here is all straight out of the OnePlus yeah. playbook. Yeah. And I don't mean that as a criticism because yeah. it worked very, very well for them for, for OnePlus. Um, but it, it looks very clear that a lot of that approach that OnePlus took must have come from Carl or from the people that Carl has taken with him to nothing um, because the approach is very, very, very similar. Lots of early hype um that obviously gradual drip feed of information mm. and really pitching it as disruptive and undercutting people and that kind of thing um yeah i mean that's definitely what we'd expect in terms of that flagship killer space because to some extent that's what the nothing ear one headphones were all about in, yeah they were what? in the audio space 99 100 bucks. yeah yeah um but you know, packed in wireless charging and and ANC and waterproofing that other brands would charge three hundred to get those features in, or, or something like that, or at least two hundred. So they were really making a big effort to undercut a lot of rivals while delivering a lot of the sort of big features that people look for. Um, yeah. So I'm sure we'll see the same kind of thing here in this phone. Um, what's interesting is the way. I'm very careful about this because I don't want to play too much into the hands of nothing's hype machine. Um, <laughs> Carl Pay says that their plan is to take on Apple, yeah. which is interesting because it's probably not even close to being true. Well, there's a couple of things that came up in his presentation <laughs> and also in that roundtable I mentioned, I think, a few apps back as well. Yeah. His quote is, there is no alternative to Apple with regards yeah. to ecosystem, which is just, a, I mean, even... Okay. It's a bit of a blow to his former colleagues at one Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, like, even if it's not a lie in his own eyes, it is then blindness to companies like Samsung and Huawei, who I'd say are very much all about their ecosystem. Um, yeah. You could very happily buy a full set of Samsung tech. Yeah be in that bubble and be very happy, yeah. have a lot of that same smoothness Apple gives you where things just pair together and work together and all of that. Um, it, I mean, you know, I, it is just bluntly not true to say Apple is the only yeah. and he, real player in that space anymore. And he talks, It was true. That that was true five years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. 
that that it's not five years ago anymore. Yeah. That's how time works. And <laughs> the, the other what? the the Android side has caught up here. Yeah. And it, it's and I'm sure Carl knows that, but it's a marketing line, right? To to it, it puts them in as as you said, they want to be in the underdog space. Mm. They want to be in a David versus Goliath fight. Yeah. And it's way easier if you've only got one Goliath. The narrative is clearer yeah. if it's it's us versus Apple disrupting the space. Whereas if you're like, oh, it's us versus the four or five companies that <laughs> exist and do this well, yeah, just is a much less clean line to go with. They're kind of trying to form their 1942 advert trailer. Yeah, in the, like you know, <laughs> like they're trying to kind of formulate that. Um, there was it like iteration, and he wanted innovation and paradigm shifts. All these kind of terms and phrases that we've heard I from Apple, it. namely. Yeah. Um, yeah. and fundamentally, and I know we're probably going to get get onto this. The other thing that we do know is that it's going to be running on Android. So it, in and of itself yeah. is going to be a familiar experience to some extent and therefore yeah, and very much an iteration on Android. What's interesting is, uh, yeah, so they confirmed it's going to be on what's called nothing OS, mm. um, and it will it'll be an Android skin. That is what's funny here to me, because there's a lot of talk about how it's going to be, you know, game changing and innovative and all this stuff. They didn't show a lot. They didn't show any hardware to reveal what you know what might be the innovations there. All they showed is the software, where there weren't many innovations. It's it's <laughs> an Android skin. It looks a bit different to some other ones we've seen, but honestly, so much of that when you look at it is really just the wallpapers they chose to put on the on the phone and the font. For, for the you know the font choice, yeah, um, and things like interactive widgets, which yeah. you know like. Okay, cool. Other brands do that too. Apple does that. Vivo does that. You know, this isn't nothing. There is really game changing, and it's kind of interesting that what they chose to show, I don't think, played into their strengths all that well. And I'm, I'm a bit confused by the choices they made about what to reveal and what not to reveal. I guess. Yeah, and and like they talked about like um, the fact that nothing OS will be very lightweight. So they're not going to double up on apps a lot. You can get a lot of Google apps first and yep. foremost. Um, they talked about uh, consistency. So like the lock screen clock, the always on display clock transitions to the lock screen clock transitions to the home screen clock. And that is like the same place and same font so that you have better kind of telegraphing of where you are within the UI yep. without like excessive animations, which is also something they want to pair back on. Yeah. Um, I think the other interesting thing was the plans with nothing OS as it's kind of release. Um, yeah. Which was that they're not going to, it, it doesn't launch with the phone. It launches ahead of the phone. Kind of like how yeah. Android releases and iOS get announced before the product, the hardware is there necessarily, but they're actually going to push it out as a, a launcher available for select models. They haven't said what yet. It'd be funny if it was only one plus phones. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, so they're just going to release it as a launcher. I don't know if this is a publicity stunt where it won't be supported past the nothing phones launch or whether it's just going to be an option that other users of other Android phones can use this launcher. Um, It just seemed odd because I'd say that almost also sort of detracts from the impact then of the phone being a different product because people are going to get a taste of it already in this launcher. It also really opens themselves up to issues. Issues, yeah. It, you know, <laughs> I I reviewed the Nothing Ear One, the headphones, and I broadly liked them. And I thought they did a lot of, they offered a lot for for the price. They were good value. I liked the design for the most part, um, with a few reservations. But 
the big problem I had was actually software. You know, mm. they were very buggy. I had a lot of issues in a way I have not really had with other true wireless headphones. And that's part of what you get with a startup. And I'm very nervous about that side of this because if they had that many problems with just the kind of Bluetooth firmware for a pair of headphones, I worry that a mere, I don't know, six, eight months later, they're then trying to launch a full phone OS. Yeah. And that's much more complicated and there's much more space for it to go wrong. And my big, you know, I would think, I'm sure they can put together a decent bit of hardware because you just work with good hardware partners and, and get all those those bits in. And um, I'm very worried about how well they're going to handle the software side of it. And I think they're going to make it look very nice, but I'm worried it's going to be, there's a real risk, I think, that it could end up being a really buggy mess yeah. in, in the worst case. And so leading with that, and I, it feels like they've they're run the risk of shooting themselves in the foot because they, they unveil this thing and maybe it's a buggy mess. And then all that hype kind of goes out the window because everyone's like, oh, this launch is rubbish, you know. You, and maybe, maybe not. Yeah, presumably they won't do it if they get to that point and they realize true. it's going to get that bad a reception. But um, it does still feel to me like a, certainly a bold move, I guess I would say. For sure. I think the, I, I wonder with you saying that, whether the, the releasing the launcher ahead of the phone is actually a beta test for them. Yes. Figuring out bugs. But that's, you know, risky as a so risky. move. <laughs> if you right? want to make an impact. Like, <laughs> um, some people will see it as that and recognize it as what it is. Other people will just say, hey, this, well. this software's rubbish. Yeah. It doesn't work well. Don't buy this phone, you know. Also, a launcher is a bold choice because most launchers don't have full... The ability to fully reskin a device so like your notification yeah, yeah. shade for example and how that behaves and looks will be based on your manufacturer's like implementation of it so I mean, yeah. presumably that's part of why they're saying select models and they're yeah. either working with manufacturers True. or have found the phones that they know they can f more thoroughly reskin rather than the ones where the software will stop them getting as much control it, that kind of thing it will thing. be I'm super sure. interesting to see who which devices have this compatibility yeah. and i'm very curious if that is from partnerships with those companies or really just nothing being like here are the ones we can make it work on and yeah. you know they announce it's a certain xiaomi phone or whatever but xiaomi has nothing to do with unless it, this is know, what yeah. that samsung badge on that that partnership page was in their presentation maybe we're <laughs> going to get a galaxy a phone with nothing os <laughs> on it although i doubt but I mean, that it's much. not in any other manufacturer's interest to no. help this along no. so um you know you you can't really see why they would yeah but uh yeah it's it's a slightly odd one yeah so april for the launcher and then summer for the phone and they also announced like more funding for like crowdfunding effectively, like equity-based yeah. funding. Uh, yeah. I, I guess that's another thing to say in terms of worrying about bugs and stuff. What they have been doing as well is hiring a ton of people. So they're yes. growing scarily fast in terms of just like manpower. So yeah. that might help with things like quad, like quashing bugs sooner and stuff. Yeah, I think that'll be a part of it. You know, it, it, the team that is making this phone is not the team that made the headphones. Yeah. And, you know, it's a much bigger company than it was even eight months ago when they were making those headphones. Yeah. So it, from that side of things, you know, it, it has changed a lot. But even so, phones are a lot more complicated. And, you know, the, the things that would worry me if I was really looking at, you know, when it comes to reviewing this and talking about whether someone should really buy this or not, is things like customer support long term, yes. you know, how... As a startup, how will they have the infrastructure to offer that in a way that rivals what what the huge established players can do? Um, you know, long term software support. I know they've said a certain I think three years of Android commit, version which updates. Which is impressive, I think. But yeah, 
you know, how fast will they be able to get those out? Great point. Uh, yeah. How reliably will they get them out? You know, um, all these things are just things that take resource and they are growing a lot, but still they are a small company in smartphone terms. Yeah. And those are the things where I look at and I say, I don't know that I trust a startup to um, to do that. I think someone, I think maybe it was David Ruddock from who used to be Android Police who made this point um, that OnePlus could get away with it eight years ago because the smartphone market then kind of sucked and most phones <laughs> were a little bit flawed and a little bit rubbish yeah. and you kind of put up with problems, yeah. especially on the Android side. That was just how it was. Everything was a bit janky. So the fact that it was a startup and things were a little like rough around the edges didn't matter. I'm not sure that's true anymore. Because I think, you know, the, the market has killed off most of the upstarts and there's a lot less roughness around the edges now, certainly in the American market. Yeah. yeah. You know, where there are really are only three or four brands and they all offer a very polished experience. Yeah. And, and uh, certainly for the US, I don't really see how nothing breaks into that. But. And like the only kind of surviving startup on Plus is only really yes. surviving... <laughs> Because they are being kind of embraced and supported by Oppo, yeah, by a giant, <laughs> held yeah, up exactly. on the hand of Oppo, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, weird, yeah. So yes, nothing phone. We will find out more in April when we get our hands on this on this launcher, and then yet more as we get close to the summer. I have no doubt with the way they operate that between now and then we will have monthly announcements yeah. on <laughs> single specific Just like features yeah. <laughs> and specific partnerships and, and that kind of thing. So we'll, we'll get a drip feed of stuff on this phone. Mm. Um, I I don't want to sound too down on it. I think we've we've been a bit you know maybe a bit negative in this segment, but there's potential here, and I'm excited. Not it, nothing they've really said sounds bad there's not nothing they said that makes me think oh it's gonna be a bad phone i'm just cautious about um the ability of a startup to really offer something that's competitive in this space especially based on my experience with the ear one like that having those yeah. software problems that just makes me a little nervous yeah. but other, you know even though the hardware was very solid um and i do think it's interesting to me it feels like this launch event feels like the first time i've seen people maybe call out Carl Pei for being a little bit of a hype man and they're maybe not <laughs> always being the substance. I feel like this is the first time I've really seen a lot of outlets yeah. publish stuff basically going like, okay, this is all smoke and mirrors for now. It, or, you know, show us something real. He's always quite unassuming. His presentation style is always very unassuming and very kind of like low level. Mm -hmm. um, even though if he speaks with confidence about what he's saying, but I, I w also did want a bit more energy from the presentation. I think like if he wants to get people excited, like, yeah, yeah, that was just a, a small I just, critique. I think we need a bit of energy, but we need a, um, just concreteness. We yeah. Need yeah. Facts about what they're offering and how they're going to do what they say they're going to do. Yeah. Um, I think even if they had teased the phone in a bit more of a tangible way, that would have just helped just that little bit, just this weird kind of glyphs, yeah. And it, like, you know, cryptic image doesn't really inspire, I think, fans in the way that no. the corner of a phone shrouded in darkness would have done, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, we will, I'm sure we'll be talking about the Nothing Phone again down the line. Uh, let's turn to a phone we do know a lot more about, the Realme GT Neo 3, which has had its unveiling in China. I think we spoke about this on last week's show in the new segment because these are the phones that have the uh, Le Mans 66 oh, yeah. inspired design elements with the racing <laughs> stripes, which I, yeah, I am really a fan of, I have to say. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, this is 
I've lost track now of how the GT Neos really relate to the, the GTs because we're on a Neo 3, but we only just got the GT 2. But in any case, these are new kind of upper mid-range, cheaper yeah. flagships, I guess. Um, launched in China, I think Realme has promised an international launch. We just don't know any more about when or where. Yeah. So I would expect another couple, two or three months at least, given we only just got the GT2s internationally. Um, the headline thing is the 150-watt charging that Realme announced at MWC, and this is the phone that packs that um, in a slightly confusing way because there are actually two versions of the phone without different names. Yeah, there was a, oh, a no. It's not name. a Neo 3 and a Neo 3 Pro or something. It's just there's two versions of the Neo 3, one of which has the 150-watt charging and one of which has slower, I think it's 80-watt yeah. charging, but comes with a bigger battery to compensate. Yeah. Um, which is also funny because it makes it really on the nose, that choice people always talk about. <laughs> Would you rather faster charging or a bigger battery life? They are very directly giving you that choice here. Faster yeah. charging with a smaller battery, slower charging with a bigger battery. Uh, it's an odd choice. Yeah, the, the, the slower charging, higher battery capacity model was thought to maybe be called the Flash, the GT Neo 3 Flash, but that just doesn't right. seem to be the case. So it just has a slightly different model number. It's... RMX three five six two rather than three five six zero. It is a branding mess, and I would put <laughs> money on the fact that only one of these comes out globally. Yeah, and it's got to be the. I cannot see right? both these models hitting. I would actually say I think it might Do be a slower charging one. I mean, yeah. if I was putting money on one, I would actually go for the slower charging, larger battery Bigger because battery. I think the more I've been using phones like the Pixel and the iPhone thirteen, like I think I prefer not having to worry about finding a charging point Yeah, more yeah, often than refilling quickly and then having that convenience. Um, so yeah, for me, I'd actually go with the, the less exciting one. Yeah. Um, I just think from what we've seen, the a lot of brands seem to make more of a fuss of fast charging for the Chinese market. Sure. And I wonder if it's seen as a bigger selling point there than it maybe is maybe. Yeah. globally. And even the fact that they have two versions... I immediately think, right, they have a limited supply of the charging tech or the batteries or whatever, you know, some some bit of this, they have a shortage yeah. and that's why they're not making the launch fully that. Yeah. And again, that makes me feel like, right, well, then the, the, the more regular model will be the one that gets the wider release. I mean, who knows? You know, we'll find out. I mean, we're talking but... about slow charging. And the bigger oh, battery, it's, 80 watts, still, it's yeah. 80 watts. Yeah, it's almost double the S22 Ultra. Like, that's yeah, still sure. pretty fast. <laughs> and that is the speed that Oppo put in the Find X5 Pro. That's right. 80 watt wired, you know, and, and very, very, and that's their absolute top tier Oppo flagship has the same <laughs> charging. So it's hardly sluggish. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think for a battery, oh, actually, well, I don't know for that size battery. What? How big is the battery in the Find X5 Pro? the same 5000 so it's the same right. same battery size and charging speed as this slower version of the neo 3 yeah. uh, they say realme say the 80 watt one gives a full charge so 5000 milliamp hour full charge in 32 minutes i can believe that that sounds yeah like that. um Pretty the good. 150 watt is a full charge to that slower 45 100 milliamp hour mm. uh oh no they've said they said a half charge in 5 minutes <laughs> What's the so full charge? charge is probably around 15. Yeah, it's such say. a cheeky metric, though, because if you don't know about how phone charging works, it's not a yep. linear 
progression. Yeah. So like, but that is good. Like, you know, for a four and a half oh, minute mad. battery, you should be able to get yeah, no, I'll more, most of a day. With I mean, that's mad because you could plug the phone into the charger and then go and make a cup of tea yeah. or go to the toilet and, be and come back good and you've got go. most of a day's yeah. charge from, from doing that. Yeah. And, we, and we talked about this. scary. Yeah. We talked yeah. about this when, when Realme first like, announced that they were going to be introducing a product with this, this charging tech. as part of the UDAC, Ultra Dart. Uh, talk myself into a corner now. Ultra Dart something, something, some sort of standardized <laughs> body something. for phones uh, that charge between side. 100 and 200 watts. But... Um, they also talk about the fact that after 1600 charge cycles, the battery should still have 80% battery health, like 80% capacity of its original size, which is yes. well above the the industry standard from what we've seen from numbers quoted by Apple and, and, and yeah. even Oppo. Actually. Even compared to much slower charging yes, devices. Yeah. Funny. And this was the, the point with... Um, it was that funny thing at MWC where on the same, like an hour after Realme made that <laughs> announcement, Oppo made its announcement yeah. with the exact same tech, obviously. But yeah, it was the interesting with Oppo where basically they said they announced the 150 watt version, uh, which they said is coming in a OnePlus phone. Um, and that has the same promise, 1600 charge cycle, still at 80%. And then Oppo announced 240 watt insane charging speeds. But with that one, made no promise about that longevity. Yeah. And so you can kind of see they're working on building that into the faster standards as they go. But they're not, you know, they can go even faster, but without the kind of protection that they've managed to figure out yeah. for this this 150 watt speed. So it's interesting because it does seem to, they clearly recognize that people are worried about this with fast charging and that they need to offer peace of mind that, you no, know, these fast charging speeds aren't going to kill your device. They aren't going to kill your battery over time how true that is it's one of those things it's so it's impossible for us to test it because we can't review one phone over two years to find out yeah, how well yeah. the battery holds up you know so you kind of have to take oppo and realme at their word on it but um so yeah otherwise if you talk about what else the phone offers sure. beyond that charging even though even though that is kind of the main hook um I, that is the only difference in the specs between these two versions yes. to, to simplify battery things i think so yeah. otherwise there is just Everything else about the Neo 3s are the same, which one you get is just battery size and charging speed. Um, so they run the Dimensity 8100 from MediaTek. I think this is the first phone yeah. to announce. It might be that. the first 8000 series phone at all, because they announced, I think, the 8000 and the 8100 together during NWC. Uh, actually, one of the Redmi K50s. Right. I think the red regular Redmi K50 might Have run the 8100. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Fine. But um, it's might be pretty wrong. rare right now. Yeah. Um, so should be uh, it's five nanometer. Should be a good upper mid range lower flagship again, right in this space. I think it's it's exactly what you'd expect them to be offering here. It feels like it's not the fastest chip on the market, but it will be very very good, and I think more than enough for most people. Um, up to twelve gigabytes of RAM, two hundred fifty six gigs of storage, um, six point seven inch AMOLED, one hundred and twenty hertz refresh rate display. Uh, just FHD plus not um, QHD, which yeah. they put on the, the GT2 Pro yeah. was higher resolution, wasn't it? For sure. Uh, but this drops down. But again, I think that, that makes space, makes sense for where it is. Um, and then camera-wise, it's a, a 50 megapixel IMX 766 main sensor and then just an 8 meg ultra wide and a macro, which again, I think that's close to the regular GT2. Yeah, the display and the... Uh... Yeah, the display and the camera system look like the same as the GC2, from what I can gather. Yeah, I don't know whether they are different, like actual sensors, but the numbers suggest it's the same. 
And Realme yeah. is known for reusing a lot of sensors across multiple devices. Yeah. Um, though the design of the camera module is different, yes. so it is it is tweaked. It's not really it's not a total just like parts reuse kind of situation. It looks decidedly um, Xiaomi twelve. Yeah, I thought yes, <laughs> it's very similar. Um, yeah. The the two lenses are horizontal underneath rather yeah. than vertical, but it's got the same thing of that one big big sensor and and, and two other lenses below. Um, design we should talk about more because I think it's great. Mm. I I understand why they've put out a boring black model as well. But man, surely everyone's going to want these racing stripe ones because yeah, it was they. Well. I mean, I say that I know actually all the stats say otherwise. Everyone will buy the boring. That's what is always a black one <laughs> because that's surely everyone <laughs> should want these cool racing stripe versions, yeah. which look great. Um, yeah, there's white with black stripes and blue with white stripes. Yeah, so the the Le Mans is the blue one, and the white one is called Silverstone. At least that's what the machine translated name uh, is, which is okay. the British racetrack yes. for those who don't know. Yeah, um, and then the other um, one is again machine translated. So I don't know if this is the correct name, but it's called Cyclonus Black. Wow, which I hope that is the real name because that's ridiculous. Yeah. and you know I like ridiculous phone color names. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean I, I I love these finishes. Yeah. I think they're a great evolution of what they we said this before, but a great evolution of what they did with that first GT, the yeah. yellow with the black stripe. That then a design language they just kind of abandoned and. Yeah. Uh, it's taken them a year and a half to come back to it, but I'm really glad they have. And actually, in being less garish in the colors, I think this could appeal more widely. Certainly, say the white one with black stripes. Yeah, that's actually fairly. Yeah, subtle's maybe not the right word, but it's fairly restrained. It's it's yeah. you know, not really bright and bold. It's nice colors, just it has a bit of a a pattern to it, a bit of a design to it, rather than just a single block of color. Yeah, and if. Anyone was wondering, it is glass backed. I wasn't sure initially when I saw the images whether it was actually a plastic back or something, mm. especially as the GT2 Good series know, yeah. had plastic, but biopolymer. Yeah. But these are just back to AG glass, which is what they call it, which I think means it's a slightly textured, slightly fingerprint resistant finish. Um, yeah. In China, they also introduced a pair of Realme Bud 3 Pro, I think they're called, with the same blue with the white racing stripes finish. So you could pair the new Bud 3 Pro, which they launched, I think, at MWC or around MWC with the neo 3 which is cool that's cool yeah yep i like the look of these i hope we don't have to wait too long for a global release and i do hope we get that 150 watt model though i'm a little skeptical that we will internationally speaking yeah um one other better release the good finishes yeah well, for <laughs> we sure just get the black one globally it'll be a sure. tragedy yeah it's yeah. like well why even bother uh <laughs> the um the, the one other kind of slight hardware difference is that the the 80 watt model goes down to six gigs of RAM. So you can start at six, start a bit lower. Whereas the uh, 150 okay, watt yep. only starts at eight. So it's immediately pricier than that's like a tiny thing. Oh, there's another weird thing, which is the display technically has a secondary chipset. Imaging chip. Yeah, yeah. Which I've not really come across before. It's meant to support the GPU to ensure a solid 120 FPS in certain games. So they said they've got just over 20 games optimized for this feature. Um, in China, it's actually going to be the official gaming phone for this competition for Honor of Kings or something, I think the game's called. Right. Um, but it's not something I, I'm aware um, of. Kind of like the Marisilicon on the Oppo helping the camera, or helping the ISP yeah. as a separate yeah. unit. It sounds kind of like that, but they didn't really give you any more details. They just said it has an additional chip, and it's their first dual-chip phone in this regard. But it's very weird feature. It, it's Yeah, it's, it's an odd one. I... I if, 
feel innately a little skeptical as to how much that's yeah. really doing and what that really offers or, um, and how much that's just a bit of marketing hype yeah but, or is that telling me that the, the 8100 that they chose to power this phone isn't powerful enough for the things they want enough. the phone to do yeah yes that's like, the other yeah does it does that say bad <laughs> things about mediatek's gpu exactly uh, capabilities yeah it's it's an interesting one um, but yeah, so GT Neo 3, it is, uh, I'm not sure if it's out now in China, but it's certainly sort of launched and will be available soon if it's not already out. Yeah, I think um, it's on pre-order right now. Yeah. And yeah, we they have promised international launch. We just don't know when, but we will uh, make sure to chat about it again on the show when we know more about that one coming out to the rest of the world. Uh, finally, let's go back to Apple for the last time for a while. We are going to talk about the iPad Air and the iPhone SE. Lewis and I have both... Ha- had our hands on the new bits of Apple Kit. Um, I've only had the SE for about two days, so I can talk about it a little bit. But this is by no means a final review from from my perspective. Uh, Lewis, you've had the iPad a bit longer, I think. To be yeah, fair, yeah, I've had it. I think it's it's just under a week to actually. So yeah, a little yeah. bit longer to play with it. Um, yeah, so I've got some I've got some opinions, and I yeah. and some of them have been picked up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's start with the iPad then. Um, we. Should probably start with with Creek Gate. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, what are we calling it? I don't really know what it is. Hashtag Creek Gate confirmed. Yeah, Lewis. Lewis has accidentally been sort of swirled into a, an industry drama around whether the iPad Air really creaks when you squeeze it, uh, because some people reported that they had iPad Air units of the new one where they could feel a flex in in the back in yes. the back material and hear that flex. Um, Lewis has the same problem, um, and not everyone does. Some people don't believe it's real. <laughs> I know. It's, is it genuine conspiracy? I'm so excited to be a part of it. Is it a discernible <laughs> creak that you could pick up on the mic, or is it too? So, is it more like a sensation? Like it's, I was about to say, the, the creak isn't the problem. The audible creak isn't the problem. I think that's right. what a lot of people took from my tweet the other day, and I was complaining about the noise it makes. The noise isn't the problem. It's the fact that I can feel it flexing under my hand as I'm holding the iPad one hand. Yeah. Like, I can feel it now. I can feel the components hit as I nope. go like that. Uh, like, it is like such that. a flex. And yeah, I noticed it as soon as I got it out of the box. Really? Like, before yeah. I saw any reports of this online, I thought I was going a bit crazy. So I was like, whatever. But then I started seeing the reports over the weekend. I was like, there's something to this. Okay. And it uh, does seem yeah. to be just the blue one. This is an issue with. Oh, interesting. What? Yeah. Um, there's no official confirmation How? from Apple about any of this <laughs> or anything like that. And officially, the dimensions are the exact same. So this shouldn't be a problem, which is makes it me like, think it's just a manufacturing issue with the blue finish. Like the blue um, production be, yeah. line has a has an issue in it. I can, like, <laughs> yeah. It's around this Apple logo here. Like Just the lightest bit of pressure, I can feel whatever it is that's underneath it there. It's horrible. I mean, it, it's it's not a problem once I put the case on, but sure. you know, I, I'm... I'm, I'm media i got the case for free like people would have to yeah. buy this separately this is yeah. the standard thing that you'll get and this does not a lot of people nice. won't buy a case for their ipad if they're planning to use it mostly at home house. you maybe yeah. just don't buy a case for it right yeah, so exactly yeah well, how um, much is the case just look that is a good question actually i don't know i know they're fairly, you know they're not cheap cases in an apple case sure <laughs> you keep talking i'll look it up <laughs> sure um so yeah so there's so i just wanted to kind of clear that up. there is a flex on my model um I have emailed Apple with a video and kind of asking for a comment on it. They haven't replied yet, um, but I'm hoping that they're going to send something in the next few days because if not, I'm just going to discuss it in my review. Rip them to shreds. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would, but I do want to say, yeah, because um, our colleague David at Macworld UK, he also has an yep. iPad Air. Um, he's got a different color one. I think he's got the Starlight one. 
He says, does not have that no problem problems. at all. Yeah. Right. So, um, so it's it's clearly not all of them, as you no. said. There's, there seems to be this color split. I'm I'm not even sure if it's it's probably not all blue ones. No, it's I, not. I don't no. Know. Um, but yeah, I mean, this stuff happens, but it, it's especially for a company like Apple. It's it's funny exactly. with this something like this to make it out, and uh, you'd feel a little peeved if you dropped six seven hundred on uh, on an iPad that bends. The if, the yeah. official case is seventy nine dollars seventy nine pounds. There we are. I know uh, eighty nine euros. So so yeah, not cheap. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, aside from Creek Gate, Ben Gate, whatever you want to call it. Don't nice say Ben Gate. No, don't say Ben Gate. Yeah. Um, no. Aside from that, I think it's 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 a nice tablet. It's a it's fixed all the complaints that I had with the last gen iPad Air compared to the newer iPads, where you know it didn't have the five G that everyone else had. It didn't have oh, the sure. center stage camera tech that even the entry level iPad had. It's got those things now. Um, mm -hmm. So it is, in my opinion, even though I haven't reviewed, reviewed the, you know, put pen to paper yet. This will be the iPad that I recommend to most people. I think yeah. it's mm -hmm. you know it's got the best balance of features, and you've also got that lovely Apple M1 um, at the yeah, heart, yeah. which is you know has been an iPad one. Pro slash Mac uh, slash Mac chip, you know, up to this point. So to get that power is really nice. You're seeing us, I think it's, they said up to two times graphics performance, um, and then kind of around um, you know between one and two times in the CPU department as well. I think it's like a sixty percent increase in CPU. Um, I mean, it, that's as, not uh, go on. as someone who you say it's the the iPad you'd most recommend to people or recommend to the most people. Yeah, uh, as someone who uh, I don't know Apple's iPad line kind of intimately well, I always have to double check what they have at each tier when I, when I'm covering them. Yeah, um, why why this one? So like for someone who was looking at regular iPad versus Air, why mm -hmm. Air and Conversely, for someone looking at Air versus Pro, especially now that you've got the M1 in the Air, yeah. why should so you know what what would tempt someone to upgrade to the Pro? And conversely, why should they not bother upgrading because the Air the Air's got it covered? You know. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Let's start so, with I guess iPad to Air, and then so from iPad to Air, the main perks are obviously the updated design. You don't have the home button. It's nicer, um, clean design with the Touch ID built into the bar, uh, touch into the, in the button. But um, yep. for me, it's more the accessory compatibility. So you've got the mm -hmm. Apple Pencil 2 support, which snaps onto the side really nicely. Oh, it is the 2. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's not the 1. It's the second gen pencil. This is an iPad Pro. It's got, yeah. mag it's yeah. got magic I'm, I'm keyboard support. I'm interested in that discussion when we get there, yeah. It's got magic it keyboard. Like it is okay. an iPad Pro. <laughs> yeah. What's the screen size? 10.9 uh, inches. 0.1 inch <laughs> off the 11-inch iPad Pro. Incredible. Incredible. So wow. and it's it costs a good couple of hundred quid less than the iPad Pro yeah. as well. So do you know what? There is unless you really need the 120 hertz Pro motion from the iPad uh, Pro, there is no reason to get the 11 inch Pro. Wow! Right now, you can get the iPad. Is that Air. the only meaningful difference between them then? 120 hertz on the Pro. I mean, they both got so, yeah. M1. They both got Apple Pencil two. Yeah. They both got the new design. Magic keyboard support. Basically the same screen size. Magic keyboard support. Cameras, I guess. Are I think mini. Oh yeah, I think mini LED is. Ex I can't remember if it's still exclusive uh, to the twelve point nine inch model I, or I the eleven inch. I think mini LED is well. only the big one. I think yeah, so. so that's not even. I don't a, think that's not even a thing. It. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that. It does have center stage on the camera. It does have center stage. Yeah, twelve meg. Which that's a new thing. Would be a, a big part of what would feel like the camera difference there. Yeah. So just pro um, motion in the cameras then, the rear cameras? Uh, yes, the rear cameras. Oh, LiDAR is on the pro models. Yeah, but... and that. 
I mean, who really cares about LiDAR? Is it USB-C? <laughs> yeah, USB-C. Oh, wow. wow. Uh, we, have, we have a two times improvement over USB, like the, in the data transfer department oh, as well. Really? So yeah. it's quick USB-C. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've... Do you know, in terms of leaks, because again, this is not something I follow closely, do we have any sense in the leaks of what Apple is planning for the next small iPad Pro? Um, Because obviously these are so close and you have to think they must have something up their sleeve for the next gen to pull that upper tier and and away from the air, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the only thing that I've heard uh, so far is that the smaller model will get mini LED in the next model. Yeah. I mean, is that enough to tempt you from an iPad Pro with the 120 hertz as well? I mean, for some, you know, if you're like creative, then quite possibly. In fairness to Apple, it does, you know, not to dig them too much, because this does get to something we've talked about before, which is making the pro models genuinely feel like they're for pros, which is that kind of, if you really feel like, well, for my work, I need 120 hertz, I need that top mini LED display quality once, if and when that comes in on that size, Mm -hmm. you know, if you actually use the rear cameras, if you use LiDAR, those are all things people might, are more likely to use professionally than they are yeah. personally exactly and so i could you know you, you could make an argument that this is them genuinely positioning right well no regular consumer should bother looking above the air as a consumer you're picking between like regular ipad mini or like or air yeah and then pros just decide will you benefit from these pro level features if so pay an extra 300 and you get them um and that kind of makes sense but yeah you know, it does only really make sense if it's your company paying for it rather than you yourself, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. I'm also excited because there's a rumor. This is a very early rumor. They don't know if it's coming to iPad OS 16 uh, or, you know, whatever. You know, they, they just said it's in development at the moment. And it's the ability. Um, so when your iPad is connected to a magic keyboard, it turns your full screen apps into floating windows like a full desktop operating system. Hmm. So, so kind of like Dex. Yeah, it's it's uh, but but they're saying it's going to be exclusive to M1 iPads, so oh, this weird. will be this iPad and the Pros. So this is why I'm kind of like with that in mind. This is the future-proofed iPad now. Uh, out of all yep. of, of all the iPads, this is the one that I'm like, okay, if you get this, you'll probably get all the features that are going to be rolled out for the next few years. Um, yeah, and so the, it's just yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's a nice it's a nice keyboard. It's a nice. Um, tablet. It's, I, I like the accessories that come with it. The Magic Keyboard is still, you know, top notch. I think is is uh, in terms of keyboards for the iPad it is great, uh, and the trackpad support is nice as well. It's just, yeah, if it, if it, it, it ticks a lot a lot of boxes for a lot of people, I think, um, and mm. in a way that the pros don't quite do these days, especially with the price that they're costing these days. Yeah. Do you feel like the price performance upswing versus the standard iPad is is valid as well? So um, you get like the, the productivity, I feel, is the biggest game. Yeah. There. Yeah. So they, 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 during um, the presentation and, and the briefing that I was in, the Apple said that they're kind of, you know, it's, it's targeted towards students, gamers and content creators, people that do need a fair bit of power um, to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, run the games and run the apps that they want. Um, so if you, you know, if you, if you need a fair, decent, a fair amount of power on a daily basis, then the, the iPad Air is the one to go for. But if you're just, you know, if you're just, on an iPad because you want to just go on the internet and play a bit of Candy Crush, you don't need the air. You can just go for the entry-level iPad. It just, yeah, as, as you were saying, it depends on what you're going to use it for. I think Apple's done a good job of positioning the iPads. Now, there was a while where they're kind of all blurring into one. Yeah. And aside from the air to 11-inch, I feel like they're all kind of, they've got their place now. Yeah. And it will get, it will get blurry again when they give the regular iPad the redesign. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I just had a thought. If and when they do, though, I mean, yeah. not uh, you know, looking at the iPhone SE, you could imagine them taking the same line with the base iPad and saying, "Hey, it's Absolutely. it's the iPad with a home button. That's what it is. That's yeah. what the familiar for. option." Yeah, and lightning <laughs> for all your lightning accessories, your lightning yep. card readers, and whatnot. Oh, <laughs> uh, and shit, headphone jack. Does the Air have a headphone jack? It's a good question, actually. Uh, no, it doesn't. So, just, base iPad yeah. does still, <laughs> right? I never even so. thought about that. Yeah, well. Yeah, no, there's yeah. A, there's I never remember to check anymore. Apple's conditioned you to yeah. not think about it. Now. This is it. Yeah, I just <laughs> yeah. don't think about headphones. I've, I've made the move to wireless headphones probably in 2016, and mm. I haven't looked back. <laughs> yeah. So now yeah. I'm just like, whatever. That really doesn't really enter. But uh, yeah, no headphone jack here. So yeah, that is one plus with the uh, entry-level iPad if you've got wired headphones still. Cool. Shall we talk about the iPhone? Yeah. Let's talk about it. I guess we've got to. Yeah. Um, in a way, I, I you don't even want to dwell on this too long because I think um, you know we've spoken about the iPhone SE before when it when it was announced, and a couple days of use haven't significantly changed my mind about <laughs> what a it shock. so far. Um, this is uh, I don't know. It's a pretty clunky phone to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I made a point of switching to an iPhone for a few days beforehand to get myself. I, I, I'm I'm an Android user. I use Android, you know, eleven months of the year. So I thought I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to come in and and just be fed up with iOS and mm-hmm. knock the phone for iOS frustrations that aren't actually faults of iOS, but are just because I'm not used to it. Yeah. So I switched to the iPhone 12 for a week uh, beforehand because I was in a in a break between reviews and spent a week on the iPhone 12 ready to switch. So I got back in the, the swing of, of iOS and got that muscle memory back. Um, of course, that then still scuppered me because I switched to this and immediately started trying to use the iPhone swipe gestures. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Do not work. Where's control center? And not up there. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's still really confusing if you're switching. And of course, I guess almost everyone buying this phone will be coming from another iPhone with a yeah. home button. Yes. Like, yeah. That is the phone. Anyone looking at this is someone who is already using an iPhone with a home button. And and so they don't really have that problem necessarily, but it is strange. It, man, that screen feels small. Oh yeah. Uh, and again, this is coming from a twelve, so not coming from you know the phone I was on before was the Xiaomi twelve Pro with a with a big display. I dropped down to the much more compact iPhone twelve, and still coming from that to this, man, the screen is small. And I I like the fact that the phone is small. You know, and this is what I said about the SE before. The size yeah. of the phone I love. And if, you know, I, it's pretty similar dimensions to the, the 12 and 13 mini. And that size with a full display, brilliant. I totally oh, yeah. get that. I haven't reviewed either of the minis myself, but I can totally see how that would appeal. Um, I think I'd still probably long-term find that too small a screen size for me, but I can totally get why for other people it would be great. Um but this just this screen is tiny. <laughs> it's frustrating, you know, just to the point where you're kind of you know scrolling the web now. It can't fit, you know. Sure. There's lots of web pages <laughs> where it just cannot fit everything on the screen that it yeah. needs. Content to. has it's evolved. just not built for yeah. yeah. Content has been designed for bigger phones than this, yeah. and it can't keep up. You know, you're scrolling through a web page with an embedded tweet, and the embedded tweet fills the whole screen and you can't even scroll properly things like I suppose that that's, that's partly to do with the res- resolution as well because it's a very low res display isn't it yeah it's 720p but it's, yeah. it's it's ironic when i am assuming a subset of users who would prefer the home button older style iphone are older users 
This is the thing. And yeah, the... I, this is why I, I really object to the argument that, oh, it's a great phone for older people who don't have to learn a new system. It's like, no, it's tiny and low resolution. <laughs> this is an awful phone for older people because they will really struggle with that display. You know, take it off our chat. Old... <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, I mean, you know, not all old people, I guess, because not everyone would necessarily have like visual issues. And actually the small, if say you have, uh, you know, arthritis or something, the small sure. size may be a blessing, things like that. But I think for a lot of older people, yeah, they would really find this too small. They'd want to crank up the font size and all that kind of stuff. Okay. And that would just make the display even even harder to use because of its size. Mm. Um, so I, I don't think the argument that it's great for older people necessarily holds water. It's certainly not for all older people. I think a lot of people would find this frustratingly small and would get more joy from a, from a phone with a bigger display. Yeah, the, the two aspects which I don't think you'll be able to really comment on until you've reviewed it fully. Um, Firstly, their battery life. I'm curious how the the chip with that set of specs paired together turns, you know, works out battery life wise. But I don't know where you're at now after two days of use. Battery life has broadly impressed me. I mean, well, I can tell you right now, I haven't been on heavy usage today, but yeah. I took the phone off a charger at uh, 8.30 a.m. this morning. It's three and a half hours later and it's on 97%. Pretty good. Um, so it's dropped 3% <laughs> in three and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, I do think, you know, battery wise, this, this has impressed me so far. I, I need to have a proper go of just not charging it and see how long it lasts, but I think this is a full two-day phone. Oh, nice. Um, I was at the end of the day on 60% nice. um, last night. Um, so I, I do think if you wanted to not bother, you could you could, you could could probably make it a full two days. I wonder whether there's going to be a more pronounced disparity there when you do high-end stuff on that hardware, whether it has yeah. more of a toll than it might otherwise for the small battery that's in there. Yes, I haven't been pushing gaming it in terms of gaming or anything yeah. like that yet uh, to try that side of it out. Um, it also has the funny thing where it won't have, it probably won't have the same camera battery drain as other phones because it's not doing anything as intense because they've not given it access to a lot of the more <laughs> yeah. computational stuff that the chip powers. You know, that yeah. I can confirm there is no night mode here. Maybe that's a battery um, thing more than yeah, a... there was. Um... That's something about the night mode in in the briefing that we got, which is on background and not allowed to be quoted. <laughs> but sure. um, but um, Apple says that basically, if you want night mode, you have to go for one of the other models. Like they, they just, you know how when you ask, it's just a shameless thing about them setting the portfolio. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, they understand exactly where you're coming from, but they you get the market in line back and. Yeah, if you want night mode, yeah. go for another phone. That's Apple's yeah. line on it. But, th but that's it. I mean, that's my view on this whole phone is Apple has not designed the best iPhone it can offer at $400. No. It's designed the $400 iPhone that best suits the rest of its product portfolio. Yeah. yeah. And I get it. It's a company. That's how it's going to operate. What's funny is, it, it, you know, it's there's such a sharp disparity here between what best suits Apple's product portfolio and what best suits customers. Because the obvious thing is to say, if the SE, the SE basically in most people's heads is A, cheap, and B, small. And yeah. those are the two things people look for in an SE. When you, whenever you ask like regular people, um, that's what they associate it with. And, you know, they could take the 13 mini and drop down to a slightly older chip, more basic camera setup, things like that, and deliver a small, cheaper mini phone yeah. that would fit that cheap and small thing. But they would probably look at it and say, it's too close to the Mini in mm. functionality. Taking off the wide angle or something like isn't enough. And they would it would cannibalize sales of an already badly selling phone. And so that feels like the only reason this doesn't have a full screen, for example, is just because it's like, well, 
if it does, it's too close to these other phones that cost more. I and think we need to make sure there's a gap between them. I wonder if once Apple, because you know, all the rumors suggest that the, the 13 mini will be the last mini phone. You know, part of me wonders whether they'll use all these unused chassis for the next-gen iPhone SE in a couple of years, and then yes. they finally make yeah. the move once there is no small-screen iPhone. I suspect that is what we'll see. Two years from now, there'll be an iPhone SE 4th gen that looks like the current minis, basically, yeah. and, and is a mini chassis. Um, and I imagine that will be a lot better. Oh, yeah, that'll be... Because a lot of the problems here come down to the display, um, the fact that you've got these huge bezels at the, bezel at the top and bottom. Yeah. Really big. That the home button, if nothing else, I appreciate for some people you're used to using a home button and that will feel natural because that's what you've been using for a long time. But honestly, it is slower. You know, oh, yeah. you can move around faster and more fluidly using gestures and it does slow you down having to use a home button for this. So um, a, a touch ID obviously is, is welcome. Um, but, you know, as we know, Apple has a way of putting touch ID elsewhere. It just chooses not, not to. to. So I don't want to <laughs> give them too much of an excuse there. <laughs> Um, yeah, the camera, I've taken a few few shots so far. Daytime, this seems really good for, you know, bright light. Um, very impressive main camera. It does the job. It's certainly comparable to other phones at the price. I don't know yet that I'd say it's better because I do think the average £400 Android phone will take very nice photos in daylight. Now, that, that didn't used to be the case. And certainly, you know, as recently as two years ago, that felt like a differentiator for the SE. Oh, yeah. Um, but I don't know the competition now. You know, the fact you can get, I don't know, a OnePlus Nord 2, which has an IMX 766 in it, if I'm remembering right, and, That's you know, right, yeah. takes lovely bright light photos, you know. Um, so daytime, it's good. I don't know if it's better than the, the other options. Um, but yeah, in low light, it is poor. Like, uh, it just can't handle low light very well because there's no night mode and the default stuff is, it's okay, but, you know. It's and it is as we've said. It's frustrating because the chip in there could do a very good night mode. Oh, yeah. Apple just chose yeah. not to put it in. You know, in the in the same way we've talked about like the Samsung Exynos uh, Snapdragon disparity in the past between the US and the UK or US and Europe. Yeah, um, that seems to be the, the thing I'm getting just from looking at like other bits of coverage. Namely, the US is glowing on the camera. Generally speaking, like mm. obviously it's not perfect, but far more positive because the context is in that market what do you have like the pixel 5a kind of is in that That's space it, maybe much, yeah. yeah like for low light it's got the the edge but beyond that there's not much else around 400 that's going to take pictures probably as consistently and competently yeah. as yeah. as the se3 I'll, I'll be curious when we get the chance to see how the galaxy a53 yes yeah you know again around the same the price market, yeah um that also has the benefit of ois on its main sensor. Ah, is there no OIS? This Did the 8 not, not have OIS either? The iPhone 8? Um, I don't know. I don't I remember. Never, I don't know. Yeah. I, it, yeah. It was Apple the thing doesn't was... tout OIS on this. So oh, I, interesting. I don't think, yeah, there, I don't think there is OIS on the no. SE. But I think wow. with, with Apple, the um, the electronic image stabilization got too good at one point and everyone was oh, like, sure. is this EIS or is this OIS? Like, I don't know what kind of magic they do with their stabilization. Mm, yeah. <laughs> one um one oddity I will note is performance has been okay, but not amazing. Um, too much powerful those pixels, it just can't handle. Them. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I can't explain it. Yeah, and you know, I, I I may just be a couple of anomalous things, but for example, I was using um Duolingo last night and it stuttered like mad. Really? There was lag 
uh, trying to use Duolingo. You know, when the audio clips were meant to play, there was a half second delay before the audio started playing. When I was selecting icons on the screen, half second delay before they'd get moved up. Um, and again, you know, I was using Duolingo on an iPhone 12 the day before, smoothly, flawlessly, perfectly. So it's not a Duolingo optimization thing, obviously. Um, but there, and then I've also noticed on Twitter, it often really Always. struggles to load tweets properly and render them properly. And I've had a lot of blank tweets filling up my home screen, uh, which again, didn't have on the iPhone 12 beforehand, yeah. moved to this. I'm getting all these uh, performance and, and software problems. It would be right. interesting to know on the development side, the way Apple pushes out developer kits, they're obviously mm. pushing apps to be optimized for the aspect ratio and the resolutions yeah. of their yeah. all screen iPhones. So maybe 16 by 9 apps at that resolution are just getting left by the wayside. And so these optimizations, Bobby. these updates are actually yeah. hurting apps that are having to fit onto the SE screen size because it's yeah. not something that developers are accounting for nowadays. It's not a priority anymore yeah. for them. Um, but I think it's important because it's obviously a big part of the selling point here, a big part of the thing. It is the unique selling point of this phone at that price is yeah. it has a flagship chip. Because you are not going to find an Android phone at this price yeah. with uh, with an HN1. Um, and if you do, if they do start to come out later this year or something, they'll be really compromised somewhere else yeah, in order yeah. to make that work. Um, so no one else can match there. But if you're not actually going to get that performance, I mean, I haven't benchmarked it yet or anything like that. And I'm sure it will run well in benchmarks. And day to day, it's I'm not saying it's laggy and stuttery all over the phone, but I was just very surprised to hit two of the apps I use daily and find that two of them are really struggling to run yeah. well mm. on this phone mm. and something's gone wrong, you know? That's interesting. I mean, I, so, I want to know how much RAM's in the iPhone SE as well because that's going to be a big difference. It's apparently four. Four, yeah. So it's um, one up Compared to three one. on the previous. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. So, so that shouldn't be the issue. I know no, from an yeah. Android side, four gigs of RAM doesn't sound like a lot, but <laughs> no. iOS doesn't need as much. So yeah, that should be fine in theory. So when um, do you guys think you'll have your respective... Because you've only really just got these products, right? So in terms of reviews do you think you um yeah i think mine's gonna be i'm aiming for mine early next week i'm gonna have the weekend with it um have a few yeah. final thoughts give apple a few more days to see if they want to respond to my my yeah. creaky back <laughs> and then if not i'll write it next week yeah I, i'm similar I, I got the phone on on tuesday i put my sim in it tuesday night so i've only had really a day and a bit yeah. on, on it so far so i think next tuesday next wednesday i'll also i you know uh be taking it with me this weekend for you know, to put it through its paces traveling, and that means I'll try a lot more different photography uh, stuff and, and put it through some tests there and, and give the battery life a good run as well, because that's always a bit more demanding. But yeah, um, yeah I'm actually, if, I was not expecting to love this phone, and I'm honestly more down on it than I even expected to be, mm. because I've also had these performance issues, which was the one area I thought, well, at least I know it's going to yeah. be like rock solid. solid there. I don't remember you mentioning uh, that with the last SE as a no. thing. Happened. No, no, yeah, the last SE, you know, I, I had no complaints there before. It was obviously like, you know, well, it nails that because it's got the latest chip and, yeah. um, you know, it, this should be nailing it as well. So it feels a bit screwy that I'm having those problems because you definitely don't don't feel like it should be. That shouldn't yeah. be the area this is weak on. Um, it should be one of its absolute strengths. I feel like you could update your mixed signals on the SE yeah. with all these new... <laughs> it's even worse than I thought. <laughs> exactly. uh, but no, I mean, you know, maybe I got unlucky and I'll have to check if there's um, either app updates or an OS update that I need. So, you know, um, I, I haven't sort of dug into those problems to see if they're no. fixable and if there's something else going on. And, and I haven't seen widespread performance problems elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to, you know, throw it under the bus too much on that level. I think broadly it will still be a pretty smooth phone. 
but it's funny to see any issues at all there because um you know with apple it just works right that's that's the thing that's <laughs> what you think uh, yeah yeah i also actually yeah the other thing when i got it uh, our photographer had, had set it up for testing and i wanted to reset it to to log in by myself and genuinely it took me about 15 minutes to reset the phone because it kept hanging on the oh. reset page and would not reset and i just yes. kept having to close it out turn really? it off and on and keep this... trying different ways to get it to reset because it just wouldn't wouldn't do it. It sounds it just like happy. they need to push out like a little iOS fix. Yeah, I feel like, like there's a there's a iOS level bug with that. Yeah, yeah. Something something is not entirely happy on this no. phone. Um, Creaky. IPads maybe I'm unlucky, and... and I've actually genuinely got a defective one. But it's not so bad that I think that's what it is. I yeah. think it's more just I'm having little software problems here and there that smack of a lack of polish and yeah. you know something like that, which again just. That's the one. That's one of the things that's meant to be the well. Buy this because it will give you yeah, that polish. Very unapple. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, a little bit down, even in ways I didn't think I'd be down. But, um, I, but you know, the the flip side of that is, I will confess, I you know, when I was out yesterday, I took a few photos and was like, oh, fair play, the camera's pretty good. Um, <laughs> you know, and I wasn't sure it would be because the sensor's very old yeah. and the lens is very old, and that's all old hardware. But you know, at least in good light, they are still getting a lot out of that and i'm sure the chip is playing a part in that so oh yeah um you know i did not have the same positive reaction to low light shots but in good light yeah the cameras you know the photos are beautiful from this it's got that going for it cool i think that will do us for this week um we will be back next week uh, back to back to a live show hopefully unless something else goes wrong um we will be talking about the oneplus 10 pro next week toddy will be able to give a proper review of the phone after it's launched oh oh, oh. <laughs> don't open the box don't open the box i've got to cover the emails from the pr within hours uh we're talking about the oneplus 10 pro we'll probably talk about the black shark 5 since that's also launching next week maybe whatever honor has up its sleeves we'll have to see what they announce for us uh until then thank you for watching and listening and we will see you next week and you know like and subscribe and all that nonsense cheers Bye.